Hey, I'm your host, Crystal McGrath, and you're listening to the Artist Behind the Music podcast, where I chat with artists from around the world about their personal and professional stories. There's a lot more that goes on behind the songs we love, and this is a space where we get to share stories and tools on overcoming struggles, celebrating achievements, and of course, the meanings behind the songs. Get ready to be inspired through stories and live music. This episode is sponsored by Simply Socials Management. Simply Socials Management is a boutique digital marketing agency serving the music industry, small businesses, and film and TV. Their mission is to help you make your mark online through custom digital marketing, PR, and graphic design services. Visit www.simplysocialsmanagement.com for more information on how they can help you elevate your online presence. Mention you heard about them through the artist behind the music for a 10% discount on your first service. Welcome to the Artist Behind the Music Series Australian Series. Thank you so much for joining us. Today we have Katrina Burgoyne, all the way from Australia and currently residing in Nashville. Welcome, Katrina. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. It's almost like, oh, she's going to tell a fib. I'm coming from Australia, but I, you know, I'm only calling. We're probably in the same time zone too, actually. Very close. We're yeah. definitely not with having that massive time difference. It's not the future for you right now. Yeah, no, no, yeah. I'm not. You're probably coming from the future then. <laughs> you're an so, hour ahead of me, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I'm out to time. Yeah, I love it. It's an educational series as well. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you educate me. I don't even know what mountain time is, so that's okay. <laughs> we'll save that for another day. <laughs> that's great. That's awesome. So you're in Nashville. Tell me a little bit about what brought you there, how you transitioned from Australia to the Nashville life. And yeah, I'll let you just... Yeah, well, I moved out to Nashville uh, four years ago and I, I I started coming out and it's quite expensive when you're traveling international. Um, it used to be such a long flight and so, so ex- such an expensive trip where I would stay for three months at a time. And in those three months, I'd move out of my house, put it in storage and everything in storage and then come back to nothing and start my life over again and do it, you know, again. So I thought, well, I'm just going to move to Nashville instead of uh, I was eligible for my um, O1 entertainment visa. And I thought, I'm just going to do it. So I came on out here with three suitcases, a guitar and $15,000 American. And I was terrified. I didn't have I didn't have management or anything. I just kind of came out and just thought I could do this. And uh, I hit the ground running, would play wherever I could. And four years later, I've built a lovely little life here in Nashville. And I've got a German shepherd dog who's absolutely adorable. And and so it's just like, I couldn't, how could I, how could I leave that? Oh, that's amazing. So do you have any plans to go ever back to Australia? Or are you pretty happy Nash- Nashville bound? I called my mom and I said, Mom, I, you know, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to die here. And she's like, oh, and I meant I'm like of old age, you know, of old age. I'm going to die of old age here. So I think, you know, I cannot wait to get back home to Australia for visits. I um, have only been home one time and it's just basically been because of financial you know trying to get trying to move countries and build your life like even even if I was blessed enough to be Canadian I could just pack up my car and drive down south whereas for me it was like sell everything even if you make take a loss on it sell everything and then start your life from scratch so 
I bought a little beat up little car for about three and a half thousand dollars that I still have, still drive. And, um, you know, I just had to start it. It's quite costly starting from scratch. You know, it was an interesting, you know, adventure. <laughs> for sure. For sure. There's something about picking up, starting again. It's hard to kind of get your feet planted somewhere. So did you find yeah. that was hard on your creativity moving all the time? And I would think, I think one thing is, is that like they say that if you've got, um, if you've got security, you have the ability to fly and flourish. And I think, honestly, it took me, you know, as strong as a independent female as I am, there is always something that in a woman, I, for myself, I can't speak on every woman, but for myself, there is something about feeling safe and protected by a significant other. And I think I probably really didn't feel like it was home and I was safe until I met my boyfriend. So I was here for about two years before we met. And, um, you know, it's, it's funny. It's just like being in another country, I could only make an income from playing music. And um, I had some troubles too. It wasn't the most effortless transition. I, um, I had, I was chronically ill with sinusitis and would lose my voice in a country where I had to use my voice to sing. Um, and so I kind of had a lot of stresses. Uh, and as soon as I met him, I actually flew home to Australia to get better. To, to, I had two operations, and but I went home to recover and get better and escape the winter because wintertime, everything flares up for me. And he flew out and he says, come home, I'm going to keep you safe. And it's funny when someone says that, it's different. You know what I mean? Like I felt really safe to go. Then I was able to fly then. And, um, you know, and it's not like I ever really had to, I've never needed him. I've never been like, Hey, I can't work this week or I need your help. But it's something like when someone says that it's a subconscious thing, I'm not out here on my own anymore. I don't have to be afraid. I've got someone to look after me. I've got someone to watch out for me, you know? I like that a lot. I've got someone yeah. to watch out for me. I think that's important, right? Yeah. Just knowing that it does something settling for you. And I mean, whatever that looks like for people too, right? Whether it's friends, family, a significant other, it's just important to surround yourself with people, with love, right? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, Nashville, as much as I love it, it's like I have so many friends, but no friends at the same time, you know, could go to a bar and have drinks and I meet so many friends and, but it's really hard to find those true friends and those true friends that like, you know, building relationships and friendships. I think I probably really, really only got about two real true friends that I could call up in the middle of the night if I needed someone and say, Hey, can you help me? And, but at back then I didn't, I didn't have anyone I could call. And it, it's a bit of a terrifying thing. Like I remember buying my car. I didn't know anything about cars. You know, I didn't know what kind of car to get. And I didn't even have anyone to go, Hey, can you, pop the hood on this and tell me if it's okay to buy, you know, things like that where you just don't, you take for granted, even things like getting my license. I remember I, I'm going to sound like I'm really pathetic here, but <laughs> I'm a tough, I'm a tough cookie. Right. But I remember getting my license in America as a kid, where sort of our parents show us how to do it, show us the process. I had no idea how to do it. So I kept like researching and I had all these questions and I asked too many questions at the DMV here. And she looked at me and talked to me like I was so stupid. And 
I was like overwhelmed and I just sort of start tearing up and I said, you know, I've just moved countries by myself and I don't have anyone else to ask. I said, like, I, I'm just asking you to be kind to me. And I said, I think you're a really mean person. <laughs> anyway, and I walked out. Anyway, she, an hour later, she actually took me for the driver's test and she was so pleasant and gave me gave me the license. But And she was very pleasant after that. But, yeah, it's just People funny. People be called out. Yeah, and I will. I'm Australian. I don't know, Canadians are very much the same. We don't take no BS. <laughs> just kindness, love and kindness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So you found your footing, which is amazing. I did, finally. It, it took me about two and a half years to really kind of feel like I could flourish. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you have found your footsteps in Nashville. It's such a cool, cool place. And I can't wait to come back down there as soon as we can. It's so special. And I know that it would welcome you with open arms. Yes. Very soon. Very soon. So how did you get started in music? What were you singing since childhood? Was it something you kind of developed in your teens? Where, Where did you kind of find that you wanted to be a musician for life? So my, both my grandfathers played music and uh, my grandfather on my dad's side would play in a ragtime band. He'd play like the clarinet, saxophone, and also bring all these instruments. Whenever I go to his house, um, my dad's house, he'd bring all these instruments over and I would just be obsessed. Like that would be my fun. I'd play and try and figure out how to play the, the violin and all these things. Uh, and then my grandfather on my mom's side, my poppy, he played country music and I'd sit on his lap and he would wrap the guitar around me and play me country songs. And so him and I always had this bond, you know, all the other cousins would be playing and doing stuff, but I'd be obsessed. Like I would just sit, he probably would bring out the guitar or anyone would bring out a guitar, I'd be there front, front center stage. I just wanted to hear someone like sing to me. I used to love dancing. Um, so music for me and all those kids' toys, like if there was a toy piano, I'd be playing it. Like I would just, and I'd zone everyone else out. Like I'd just kind of, you know, so for me, it was something of childhood, but I picked up the guitar when I was about 11. And I actually picked it up because we used to go camping. We used to travel only out back in Australia and just camp. Like we'd take a month off school and we'd go travel Australia. Um, I was very blessed to have that opportunity. And we would sit around the campfire and at night all the time with no entertainment. And I used to say, well, I'm going to learn the guitar and I'd sing some songs. I'd sang in choir and always sang. Um, and I learned the guitar. But within a year of playing the guitar, I ended up every weekend we were going to music festivals and opportunities for me to sing and grow talent quests to grow my music. So it was such a, it, it was a blast growing up and I feel so very blessed to have had parents that supported me so much. But uh, yeah, so I was about 11 when I started writing songs. That's awesome. Do you remember your first song that you wrote? I do. It was so bad. It was called, Was It A Wish? Was It A Wish? <laughs> was It A Wish? And it's the worst song ever. Yeah. Well, I remember my first song. I was I wrote, it was about a slamming starfish. So I don't know. Oh, a slamming starfish. That sounds like, that sounds very creative. I'm not sure where it stemmed from. I found it in my, my old diary. I love like So funny. Well, do you know, my very, very first song I started writing, I was about six. And I remember I was laying in bed, you know, and I'm trying to write now. I couldn't spell. 
So every few words I'd get out of bed and run to my brother's room and say, Bradley, how do you spell this? And there's a big joke because my brother would teach me how to spell everything wrong and I'm the worst speller ever. And so I, one of my songs, all I remember was one of the words was C, like S-E-A, under the C. Yeah. And so maybe my, my under the C song could have gone with your Slim and Starfish song. Probably. Maybe yeah. you were meant to collaborate. Yeah. <laughs> we were co-writing subliminally and didn't know it. Right? Who knows? Who knows? The world's yeah. a cool place. <laughs> do you have a favorite song that you have written? A standout? I do. I do. Um, my favorite song is called Songwriter. Uh, I've never released it. And um, Songwriter, I wrote about um, moving in Asheville and just feeling defeated, feeling unheard, feeling like maybe I should just give up and go home. And, um, and also about those things of like waking up each day and dusting yourself off and trying again. So that's, that's my favorite song. Oh, but it's not released yet. It's still, um, yeah. It's still I'm excited. I can't wait to release it. A baby bundled. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's great. I like that message. I think that's something most artists, I would say, if not all artists, have felt that way, right? And it's just that perseverance and persistence that we really need to like bundle up and use it as best yeah. we can every single day because it's, it's a tough world out there. What would you say the hardest part of being a musician is? The hardest part of being a musician, I think, you know, and it's probably the same thing. It's probably the same thing. It's just like the constant no's. You just need one yes, but like how many, how many no's do you have to hear to find that one yes? You know, uh, I think that's the hardest part. And I think it's like, how do you keep pushing through on days when like I used to be so fierce and resilient I used to be so fierce when I was a little kid I used to go up and introduce myself to everyone and be really kind of ignorant in a a sense you know um and just introduce myself be bold and now it's kind of like I've been told no so many times that I don't ask people for what I want anymore you know I'm kind of a little bit more reserved I don't think that people will be as warm and opening to me. And I think it just, and I think that's just like a chiseling down of time, like confidence being chiseled down. It's not that I'm not confident in myself. It's more so that I'm probably not as bold with it. You know, it's like, be humble. Don't talk, you know what I mean? Right. It's almost like society trains us to be quiet. Yeah. Right. And how do we find that inner child again? And I always think about that. It's like, how do we become fearless? How do we run through that fire? How do we just be bolder every single day as an, be child-minded in an adult sense, right? Yeah, Yeah. that's so true. I love that. Yeah, every day, just try a little, it's like put that piece back on, right? The piece that was chipped away. What are some tools that you use to push through the fear and to push through the no's and the resistance that shows up? I think, you know, I actually took some time out uh, from music back um, almost 10 years ago, actually. I was fortunate enough to be nominated for two Golden Guitar Awards in Australia, um, which is equivalent to like your CMAs over there. Is it CCMAs over there? And, um, you know, I remember sitting, being nominated and thinking, I remember writing that goal down when I was 14 years old that I was going to win. Golden, a golden guitar award and I remember sitting there being nominated and I was struggling with depression 
And I remember thinking, wow, I was meant to be happy. Like this was, I always dreamed that I was going to be happy at this moment. And I, my whole life had self-destructed. It was like everything I'd created in my adult life at that point had self-destructed. And I remember sitting there, I was so broke. I'd invested so much money into making that a reality. I could have bought a house. I could have done a lot of things with that money. But um, I remember sitting there being broke and thinking, okay, so basically I did all this for what? To be miserable at the awards. And it was kind of like shifted my reality of things. And I took about three years off, or probably about 18 months to, to, I don't know, however many years, um, and where I would write songs just for me. I didn't write songs for anyone else. didn't write it from the radio. And I remember thinking, when I picked up the guitar again and made the trip to Nashville and when I woke up again and got out of the dark slumber, I remember thinking, why do I do music? And I think my why was so different. I used to do the why because I wanted the validation and I wanted, you know, the awards and the glitz and the glamour. And now I do it because I simply cannot do it. I think a part of a big part of my depression was the fact that I wasn't doing, I wasn't living my potential in my music. And so now it's just like, I do it because I love it and it makes me happy. It makes me happy every day to work on it. Um, whether or not I sit, you know, at the Golden Guitars nominated ever again, or whether or not I get to come up to Calgary to the Calgary Stampede or, you know, like all the amazing things that happen on this journey, it doesn't really matter. I'm doing it. And eventually you just kind of, it's a snowball effect, right? Start the snowball, even if it's little, it'll keep getting bigger. Totally, totally. No, I love, love all that you said. I think um, you really have to tap into the heart space. And once you tap into that and you're like, this is why I'm doing this. Like I find on the really challenging days or that when I'm so scared to get on a stage, just say, it's like, I have to step back and check in. I'm like, why am I doing this? Am I doing this to feel fear? Am I doing this to feel bad? No, I'm doing this because I love to do that or love music. And I have, it's like, you cannot live without doing it. Right. And all of a sudden your perspective shifts a little bit, right. When you're not focused on the fear and the scary stuff and you focus in on the love of it. Right. Yeah. I think too, also it's like one big thing. And I think is a part of my purpose is, um, and I'm sure everyone has the same purpose. It's kind of like, you know, that, that fear, right. It's okay to feel afraid. And it's about facing the fear every step of the way. And I feel like every step of the way with music, you're always facing the fear. You're like, oh, then this is out of my comfort zone and you can gradually build up. I think that's why Nashville was such a hard transition for me. It was like, I wasn't, I was brave. You know, I packed up the bag, I moved, I did it. But I got here and I got so engulfed by fear that it was hard to move forward. You know, it was so out of my comfort zone, not just a little bit. It was so far out of my comfort zone. Now this is my comfort zone here in Nashville. I've, I've found comfort in this. And so now I'm free to like extend my range of comfort, just that little bit, you know? And I think it kind of just keeps extending. Isn't that interesting when you take on, I felt that too. I've moved down to Atlanta for music many years ago and it was a big yeah. shift to, you know, pack everything up and move down to a new city and you were brave to get there, but once you get there, it's almost paralyzing. It's almost just a yeah. feeling of like, 
I just, I can't do anymore. Cause I, I did all that I can do. I made the move and now it's an interesting thing how the mind works. It's, it's challenging. And I think we all experience this at some capacity, but I love having conversations about it because it's nice to learn different tricks and tools from different people. And even just the knowing that you're not the only person that's felt that way. And nor am I right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think everyone, everyone goes through it in some extent, whether or not they do music, whether it's they move away from their small town, whether it's uh, they're afraid to leave someone that they is unhealthy for them or whatever it may be. I think it, it is just about, you know, finding comfort in the uncomfortable. Yeah, that's my favorite tagline. I love that line. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. It's my favorite. Yeah. Tagline. Yes, because it's not easy. So you released a new single, speaking of uncomfortable things. Sometimes it's scary to release a new song, right? I don't know if you feel that, but. <laughs> I totally feel it. Yeah. Um, and did you just release that in September? So I released my brand new single, 25 Cents in the Ashtray. I think it was September. Yeah, it's been out for three weeks. Okay, great. When I say September, it feels like, no, wait, that's too far in the year. But yeah, it is was September. I know, this, this year is kind of like a time warp. <laughs> Uh-huh. That's a great song. I love it. It's a song that you can listen to and you just kind of feel connected. Like I felt like I was driving. I got 25 cents in the ashtray, my $12 sunglasses. <laughs> like yeah. it was an experience that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, it was, it was a great song to write. I remember that song kept haunting me. Oh, I've got 25 cents in the ashtray. It just kept haunting me and haunting me uh for months and but i actually have a song called tennessee and the the melody of tennessee is like if you ever want to come to tennessee and and i had 25 cents in the ashtray i'm like oh it sounds too similar but it now recorded it doesn't sound similar but it, at the time i'm like i can't write that i can't write 25 cents in the ashtray because i've already written it's tennessee that's all it is you know um but i took it to one of my co-writers uh jake anderson who i love he's a special writer and um we we got we got the song and i i loved it from day one you know oh excuse me yeah Yeah, Yeah. it's a great song how did you choose to release that one do you have a special method when you choose to release your singles what you're gonna put out there or is it just whatever kind of feels good um so i actually released a song in july and it was the purpose of that was just to warm up the market so i released a song called it all falls down and it all falls down was fan voted for me to release like um my when i said voted it wasn't voted it was like mostly I'd, a lot of my fans would say please can you release that song can you release that song so i released it and um it was kind of like a soft release i guess you could say um I didn't want to go and invest a lot of money into like radio promotions and stuff like that. So we just did what we could with it on the budget of COVID and the yeah. you know, 2020. Um, <laughs> and I ended up, uh, this was, this was, I, I, I kind of say this was like my debut since I debuted. Like I kind of released music back before Spotify was a thing. We removed everything because it was more Americana sort of genre so i've kind of cleared everything and i've re-released um now uh so this is my second song and i'd say this is the song that talks about who i am you know this is the who i am song that like how people can get to know me better and feel connected to my story and follow my journey oh that's awesome 
I love that. Okay, well, I would love to hear some music. Time yeah. is flying today. <laughs> Thanks. Do you want to do 25 Cents in the Ashtray? Yes, I would love that. You can play two songs if you're up for it. All right. Do I two songs, one straight after the other, or how do, how do we do this? Oh, yeah, you can play it. We can chat, and then you can go and do another one, or we can just... Well, how, about, how about I do my first single I release, and I'll wrap up with 25 Cents. Okay. All right, perfect. So um, this was my very first song I released on Spotify back in July. It's a little saucy. So I wrote this song uh, with a guy called Jordan Broker and Parmalee. And um, what we did was, let me just get that happening. Oh, no, that's turned off now. Oh, yeah, we've still got it. So um, we wrote this one for a male to sing, and after so many requests, I thought, okay, I'll try a girl version. So it's a little saucy, so don't get too hot and flustered. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> I swear I only had you over for a glass of wine. A little buzz forward and just a kiss goodnight. Now I'm holding my breath, kissing your neck, touching your chest, those on my dress. Getting closer now than we've ever been, tasting your skin. There's no reason, baby, that's when it all falls down.
music like that. Oh my gosh. I love Thank it. You. Sing it all along. <laughs> I didn't want to ruin it. It was so good. I love it. Thank oh, you, honey. It's a great song. It just, it's one of those songs that it just makes you feel got that like build and then oh I just told you oh thank you well you know it was so interesting you know I remember Ryan's song and thinking oh no it's too risky risque for a woman to sing you know so we amended the lyrics and made it for a girl and you know it's like it's so sexy that I was like oh is it too you know is it too inappropriate but as a woman it's so fun to sing it I feel so empowered to you know, holding my breath, touching your chest, you know what yeah. I mean? You're kissing my neck and getting close and that, you know what I mean? And it's, it's very sensual and it's, it's fun to sing that. Cause like, you know, most girls, most girls are a little bit more modest, particularly in country music. I mean, I'm not talking about, you know, WAP or anything like that, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, in country music, we're a little bit more modest. Yeah. And isn't that interesting that it's, why is that okay or acceptable for a male to sing that song, but not a woman? And, and I think that's very empowering to throw lyrics like that together and own them without fear. Yeah. Right. Just like, yeah, it's real. Like that is real life stuff. Yeah. It's, it's good. It's good fun. Yeah. It's great. I like that a lot. So good. Okay. And mm -hmm. I just always find this so interesting. Anytime I'm speaking to somebody from another country and when they sing, they sound just like, you know, Canadian or <laughs> it just always blows my mind. I'm like, what happened? <laughs> well, actually the funny thing is, is that there's only a few words in Australian that actually sound Australian. So like if I was to say pass, passing, I would say I'm passing instead of passing right. or glass instead of glass, you know, um, and so singing, would you use gloss instead of, glass? I actually sing American. Um, and I do that because it sticks out like dog's balls. <laughs> That's the only way I can say it. Yeah. It just stands out so bold that it's, it just, I don't know, it doesn't sound like me. It doesn't sound like me. It's kind of like all of a sudden I sound like a an ochre, like an ochre version of Australia. Like it kind of like makes my Australian accent sound like super country Australian or something. It just doesn't sound... And it's confusing because it's you sound like I sound American and everything else I sing, except for a few words, and it it's it, it confuses me. So I just sing American. Did you did it? Was it hard to get that habit of doing that, or was it just? I actually grew up like loving the Dixie Chicks and yeah. and so like I grew up singing their stuff. My singing teacher used to make me used to make me sing Australian. And um, I used to, I've got a few videos of me singing Australian, but honestly, it was, you know, it's, I've just oh. kind of, I sing American. Yeah. Yeah. And it's perfect. And it, That's sounds, awesome now. and it sounds great. I love it. And I'm excited yeah. to hear your next song, 25 yeah. Cents in the Ashtray. Yeah. So this is my current single. It's out and um, check out the music video to it. Um, my boyfriend and I produced it. So Steve produces all the music. He's amazing, Steve Kinney. And um, he also does film. So we produced the music video together and uh, we're really proud of it. So here we go. We did the music video on a 25 cent budget. Perfect. <laughs> 
Oh, I got man and boxes in the ashtray. Scratched the $12 cheap shades. A quarter tick on a highway. Dream of someday. Sold everything for a dream and a tick to catch it. Mm, yeah. Somewhere out there in the middle of the noise in the midtown traffic. But I gotta have it. 200 miles for 100 bucks and folks to hear me say. I know it might not seem like much from the outside beginning, but I can swear to five cents in the ashtray. your music you just do something to the heart it just you feel uplifted and and happy okay well thank you so much i can't wait to hear your music i want you to shoot for an email for me absolutely i will for sure it was a pleasure having you on the show thank you so much i have one more question for you if you had one message to share with the world what would that be i would say chase your dream no matter what don't be afraid just chase it the net will always no matter how hot it is. Absolutely. Good advice. 
like leap and the net will appear. That was one thing I used to say, leap and the net will appear and it will always appear. It always does, right? Yeah. It always does. And if it doesn't, well, just get back up and keep walking. I think no matter what, like you'll always be guided where you're meant to be. And I think if you're meant to do something, the whole universe will conspire to make it happen. So do what you want to do and let, just let life mold the direction of it, but don't, don't be too afraid. That's very good advice. Chase your dreams, everyone. Well, Yay. thank you again so much for joining me today. I am so excited to keep sharing your music and keep thank listening you. to all the amazing things that you're going to be releasing. I look forward to the hearing the songwriter song, all that good stuff. Yay. Well, thank you so much for uh, chatting with me today. I really appreciate it. It was so nice to meet you, Gail. Thanks so much for listening to the artist behind the music. Make sure to learn more about today's guests by visiting their links in the show notes. As always, we love to hear what you think about the show. So send us a message with any comments or future artist guest requests. To stay in touch and in the loop for all future shows, be sure to follow us on all your favorite social media platforms.